welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, back with you with another featured interview podcast episode. If you've been in women's disc golf for a while or, or paying attention, you probably at least know the name of Erin Oakley. She's so involved in the sport, has done so much over the years, and I got to have a really great conversation with her this week that we'll get to in just a minute, but first a few things before that. Uh, So I realized that I totally forgot to do our Patreon giveaway for the month of April, so we're going to do that now. And if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter of the podcast, you can either search for Ladies of the Chains on Patreon.com or go to our website, ladiesofthechains.com, and click on the support button. And there's different reward tiers on there. Or if you give as little as a dollar a month, that enters you to uh, into our monthly drawings. And just make sure you remember to set your monthly limit to just one or however many you would like to do. So this month, well, last month, April's Patreon supporter winner was Sonia B. And she's going to get a Ladies of the Chains hat. And next week, we'll do the Patreon drawing for May. Speaking of giveaways... Last week was the Disc Golf Pro Tour San Francisco Open event, and we did fantasy for that, and I did a little better than usual. So yay! Um, So I think that means we get to give away a King Choose gift certificate or something of that nature, and I did a random draw for that as well, and the winner was AJ Mart. So be on the lookout for your prize from the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So let's get into some of the action from this past weekend. So the big national tour event was the Masters Cup. And boy, this was a really interesting, really cool event. Definitely had uh, some weather, some rain to it, but they were still able to play all three rounds. So if I told you that Paige Birkis had carded a 961 rated round, 970 and 999, and that Paige Pierce had carded a 939 round, but followed that up with a 1010, that's 1010 rated round, and a 973 rated round, you would think that maybe they won or were at least really, really, really close to winning. Not that they tied for second behind Katrina Allen, and there was a seven stroke separation between them and Katrina Allen. Katrina is just playing totally lights out right now. She ends up being the only woman to f- woman rather to finish the tournament under par. And she had rounds of 975, 1010, and 991. That's really good. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Katrina Allen. Uh, there's coverage, really great coverage from Central Coast Disc Golf. Um, for all three rounds out on the YouTube. So definitely go check that out. Paige Pierce and Ian Anderson are on the mic and it's a really fun combo. Wanted to give some other shout outs as well because tied with the pages for second place was Sarah Hokum. Sarah Hokum had a great tournament. Today was maybe a little rough, but her first round was 968 rated and then she also had a 1,010 rated second round. So Sarah and Paige Pierce... And Katrina Allen all carding 
1010 rated round twos. And that is the second time that we've had that happen in FPO this year because Jonesboro, the second round of Jonesboro, we also had Katrina Allen and Hedda Bloomroos and Rebecca Cox all getting over that thousand, uh, thousand rating officially now. So that's pretty exciting stuff. I uh, also wanted to give a shout out to Madison Walker. She was in solo fifth place, had a really good tournament. A little, it was a fine first round, but really, really good. 983 and 991, uh, uh, second and third rounds. Rebecca Cox, kind of similar story, struggled in the first round, but then 983 and 982 for the second and third rounds for her to come in sixth. Elaine King, man, still rocking it. So, so good. She had 954 first round, 970 second round. Then uh, they moved to the golf course today, and she had a 929, which is still still fine, but a really, really good tournament for her. She is in seventh place. Uh, Jennifer Allen had uh, okay first and second rounds out at Dela, uh, 939, 931, and then today on the golf course, carded a 973 to take eighth place. And then in ninth place is Camille Skewer. And I hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, that's how I heard it on the coverage. But she had a fantastic first round at De La um, to make lead card in round two. So you can watch her on uh, the round two coverage from Central Coast. Uh, and then she had a, a fine round today, 903, maybe not quite as good as the first two rounds for her, but she still finishes in the cash. So very cool. Congratulations to Camille Skewer. Uh, Erica Stinchcomb continues this stretch of good play to come in 10th. And then Zoe Ann Dyke and Lauren Butler tied at 11. It's, you know, it's always so funny, right? Like Zoe played right about her rating, just a little bit higher. So really good on her. But then Lauren played quite a bit above her rating and she's been playing really well lately. So shout out to Lauren. That's really, really great. So Masters Cup, good stuff. There was also other tournaments going on this weekend. Kristen Tatar won the third stop on the Euro Tour. She also won the first and the second stops on the Euro Tour and continues to be undefeated this season, playing mostly well above her rating. She's playing really, really well. So shout out to Kristen. That's fantastic. I hope you follow Ellen Widboom on social media. You definitely should. Ellen is awesome. And uh, Ellen was on Smashbox a while back talking about that she's doing a little bit kind of of a different... Uh, plan for for touring and playing this year she's still playing like every weekend she's just keeping it a little bit more regional and as far as I can tell she just keeps winning and shooting really high rated rounds and getting tournament aces so shout out to Ellen that's fantastic she won the Huck Central Pro A tier this weekend in South Carolina and then there was also an A tier uh, the Kitsap Classic and Taylor Foth won that one. Also wanted to give a shout out to tournament director Kimberly Pruden and ladies down in Florida. There was an all women's event down in Florida this weekend, the Florida Wildflower. And the scores aren't posted yet, so I don't know those. I'll post them on our Facebook page. Uh, hopefully Facebook will start letting me post things easier on my Facebook page for Ladies of the Chains. It's been a little bit weird lately with the Facebook but anyway, coding, good coding's important. Moving on. All right. So I also want to mention some important upcoming ladies tournaments. We've got the La Nina Open in Washington, and that's on June 1st and 2nd. Uh, online registration is closed, but there's some still some spots available in that tournament. 
Uh, Rolling on the River is June 2nd in Richmond, Virginia, and that's part of the 2019 Virginia Women's Series. Still open spots there. Disc Girls Gone Wild, you'll hear Aaron Oakley talk about here in just a minute, and that's June 8th and 9th in Michigan, and part of the Michigan Women's, or sorry, let me say that again, part of the Midwest Women's Tour. And then there's the Mama Bears, June 8th in Truckee, California, and that's pop part of the Poppy series. And we uh, mentioned a while back the Southeast Women's Team Championship in Hickory, North Carolina is coming up on uh, June 8th and 9th, I believe. That's uh, run by Sarah Nicholson and Debbie Scott, and that's a team event that's very similar to the Collegiate Championships, but it's an all-women event. And then, hey, June 8th in Finland. Did you know that there's a women's tour in Finland? Because there is. And that's the next tournament for that. And then we've got the Queens of the Creek, June 9th in Williamsburg, Virginia. That's also part of the Virginia Women's Series. And then Women Crush Wilco in Leander, Texas is on June 9th. So check out those tournaments. Get signed up if you are in the area or can make it to the area. And again, an invitation to join our Women's Disc Golf Slack channel. We've got lots and lots of information about women's events and tournaments on our calendar there. And as always, you can reach out to me at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com to get your invite to the Slack channel or reach out to me or Daniel Charlier on Facebook. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, my chat with Erin Oakley. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Carla C. says this is the place to shop when wanting to get something special for the disc golfing ladies you know. The superior customer service, ability to quickly make custom orders, product knowledge, and utter kindness shown to all makes this a standout company. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. Erin Oakley, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So let's start with my absolute favorite question to ask everybody. What is your disc golf origin story? How did you come to the game? Um, well, I was dating my now husband and him and his friends would go out to the course all the time and I didn't get to hang out with them as much. So I started walking the disc golf course with them. We walked for probably about almost a year and finally I got bored with watching them and said, Hey, give me one of those. So I tried it and, uh, they all laughed and I laughed too. It was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but then I, you know, about a month later I went and played a tournament. He convinced me that, um, being not very many girls around that I would get something just for going to play the tournament. So I went and played with another girl who, that at that point was my inspiration. And I was like, I can do that. So um, after that one tournament, I was completely hooked. <laughs> That's awesome. And can you talk a little bit about your career? Because you've been a PDGA member for, for quite some time. And uh, yeah, can you just talk a little bit about uh, the, the consequent tournaments you played and at some time, uh, point you decided to go pro and, and a little bit about that? 
Okay. Uh, well, in Michigan, there were not very many girls at tournaments. I'd be lucky if I had one or two other girls to play against. Um, so I started, my first tournament was in April of 2000. And then I was determined to get better and play like the one other girl at the time who had been playing for a while. Um, so I kept playing tournaments. Uh, by the end of the year, I was beating that girl. Uh, that was a huge inspiration to me. Uh, my sister would come out and play with us. Uh, and there was one other local girl the next year that I met who uh, was about the same level as us. And so we all started traveling to tournaments together. Um, in 2003, I turned pro that summer. And then I had a kid. Mm. <laughs> it was kind of rough uh, not playing much for about a year and a half. Uh, so at that point, I was getting kind of a little bit depressed, not not totally depressed, but kind of sad that I couldn't play disc golf as much. And I needed a night out of the house. So I started a women's league so I'd have a guaranteed night out of the house. So um, 15 years into the women's league, mm-hmm. it has become this huge family of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you just do so much in the sport. So I'm going to try to run down all of it and and ask you about it because it's really fantastic. Um, So can you talk a little bit about running a women's league? You just mentioned uh, how you started it, but it's been going for 15 years now and, and what goes into that and how you run it and what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, At first, the first couple of years, I started it as a free league, like I said, just so I could have a guaranteed night out of the house. And more and more women started coming out. And um, at the time, I was asking local guys to donate prizes, some discs they don't use, um, even use discs to have on hand for newer people who may not have had very many discs or girls who were throwing their boyfriend's discs that were too heavy. So um, I asked a lot of the locals to donate for that. Uh, A few years after that, some of the girls were like, why don't we start paying and um, start, you know, purchasing things for the club? So we ended up, you know, tar- charging a $2 fee a week. So keeping it low, um, did a side ace pool optional if anybody wanted to get in that. Um, after a couple of years, we had enough money to buy shirts for the club or discs with a um, club stamp on it. Um stuff like that. So I'm trying to think. (laughs) And do you play the same course every week? Did you do rotating courses? We played the same course for a long time until more and more courses started popping up in our area. And the course that we used to play was very heavily populated. And um, it was one of the free parks that had a bunch of, you know, people go out there and drink and not that there's anything wrong with drinking on the course for a casual round, but people would get a little out of control at my old home course. So we stopped playing there and started rotating at all the other courses around, which also allows for some of the girls who may live on the south side of town um, to be able to come to the south side course one week and may not be able to make it all the way up to the north side course one week. So it also helped in bringing out different girls each week. So you also run a lot of women's tournaments. So can you talk about being a tournament director, what goes into planning a tournament and making a tournament happen? Yeah, um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it, I will say it takes an army, mm. uh, especially when you're just starting. Uh, 
to have people's different opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the most important thing I want to stress is that you will not make every single person happy. Mm, There's always right. going to be somebody who's not happy with something. Don't let it get you down. Mm -hmm. As long as you're making the majority happy mm -hmm. and doing what you think is right for all the women, uh, you will be a successful tournament director. Um, there's a lot of planning involved in picking a course that is friendly for the women, yet still challenging for the professional women. Mm -hmm. um, bathrooms are a huge necessity at women's courses. I can't stress that enough. There are a couple of courses we have um, that we play for leagues, and there's no bathrooms. One of them is right in the middle of a subdivision, mm -hmm. so it's all trees with no, not very much um, brush to hide behind. So. <laughs> So you've not only run local women's tournaments, you've also helped coordinate a women's major. <laughs> so could you talk a little about U.S. Women's last year and just that experience? Yeah, that was, um, I, I thought I would have that under control. Mm. Um, again, this is where the whole stressing, it takes an army. If yeah. you're going to run a major, make sure your local clubs are fully involved. Um, it's definitely a huge help. So not everything weighs on your own shoulders. Um, the parks department was heavily involved in making sure like I didn't even have to really do any course maintenance at all other than marking out of bounds and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But we have a great parks department and the Lansing Sports Authority uh, was a huge help in uh, promoting and helping um, with tea signs and stuff like that. So um, definitely talk to your local sports authority if you have one or even um, like a visitor's bureau and they will usually help you get involved in something that big. So what was it like? Because you've, you know, been playing since 2000, you said, and you mentioned how there was only one other woman to play against for a long time. And then at U.S. Women's last year, I don't remember the exact number, but I know it was, you know... Well, well over 158. What was it? 158, I believe. Yeah, 158. So to see that many women come together and, and play disc golf, what was that like for you? Uh, it's amazing. Um, so I, I played my first U.S. Women's in 2001. Um, my one friend that I had met about a year after I started competing had said, let's go play this. And I thought she was crazy. So we drove down to uh, South Carolina. It was at Rock Hill. And there were, I want to say, 30-some women at that tournament. And at that time, I thought that was absolutely astounding mm -hmm. to see that many women in, in one place. Um, and after that tournament, I was definitely hooked and thought that was the greatest thing in the world was to be at a tournament with all women. Mm -hmm. So you've seen a huge amount of growth, in, particularly in women's disc golf, but I'm sure in all disc golf in Michigan. What do you feel has been successful for attracting more women to the sport in your area? Um, obviously, you do a lot with uh, the Women's League and clinics and tournaments and, and all of that. But what do you think are some keys to that success? Uh, I am a firm believer that the women's leagues in Michigan are the biggest success mm -hmm. to bringing more women out to competition. Currently, we have, I want to say, seven different women's leagues oh. running throughout Michigan. 
yeah, there's, I've ha- had quite a few new people come out to my women's league and, um, they realize once they get there, Hey, I'm not so bad mm-hmm. because I think the, I think the word league kind of, um, deters women from coming out to play. They think it's competitive. Uh, when we really like my, for my league, we don't get prizes for scores except the team that wins or has the worst score gets a mulligan for next week. Um, so keeping it casual and fun will make the women come back out more. Um, but then, you know, they, they get to meet some of the other girls and say, Oh, well you're playing the tournament. Well, maybe I can play it too. Awesome. So let's talk about the Midwest women's tour. Cause I think it's so cool and I want to see it emulated in more places and I'm seeing it you know, in, in more places as well, which is really exciting. So can you talk about the tournaments involved, how points work, how it kind of comes together as an actual tour? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the Midwest Women's Tour, this will be our third year into that. Um, it actually started out with a Michigan women's series of tournaments. Um, however, we weren't getting the numbers of women at so many tournaments in Michigan. Um, But after seeing people come out to those, uh, I wanted to kind of unite the women from other states, surrounding states, to get involved with each other more. Um, So the Midwest tour kind of formed because of that. Uh, The tournaments involved this year, I think, are the biggest highlighted tournaments Mm. in the Midwest, well, the Northern Midwest, at least for right now. Um, we started with Lady Smashing It, which was in its fourth year this year. Uh, we just had that a couple of weeks ago. And Chandra Good is the one who organizes that event. Um, her first year she ran it, she put so much promotion into it on just on Facebook that she had 60 women show up to her first tournament. And that is unheard of, I feel like. I mean, even for my tournament, This Girl's Gone Wild, which is next, it took me, you know, a long time to get that many players to come out to my tournament. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I guess right there, that shows the growth involved in Michigan. The other tournaments involved, we have the Wisco Disco, which is the premier women's tournament in Wisconsin. And um, a new tournament we added last year in Michigan, which is Women Shoot the Mitt in Whitmore Lake along with Ladies at the Lake in Ohio um, that Christy Moore puts on. Uh, This will be my first year actually attending that event, so I'm really excited about that. And then uh, the finale, the Feather Frenzy in Lockport, Illinois. And and do you do points as a part of that as well to kind of tie it all together? Or how does that work? Yeah. Yes. Um, For the points, I think we're going to change it up a little bit this year. And first place, we'll get 10 points, second place, nine points, and so on down the line. And then after 10 places in a division, each person will get one point. Um, For the overall point series, you must attend three of the first five events in the tour plus the finals. So you must be present at the finals, which is to encourage people, you know, to play the the whole series or most of it if you can. And it sounds like you kind of did a little bit of a mix, but these were mostly like established tournaments already that then you, you put together, like, have you had it added some events to the tour as well that were not pre-existing tournaments? 
Exactly. Um, well, the reason we did that is because, I mean, there's so many Mich- there's so many tournaments in Michigan to choose from to be on the tour, but generally all the other states only have one women's tournament. I would love to see um, more women's tournaments in the northern Midwest pop up so we can rotate courses around the tour. Um, I think it's a good thing, like I had said, for like the women's league, if we go on different sides of town, different people can make it out, you know, different weeks. Uh, And I think that would be the same for the Midwest women's tour, that if we rotated courses around in the tour, that we could get more women from different areas coming together. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. So this is kind of a tough question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) So give me either your favorite or one of your favorite disc golf moments, either as a player or as an organizing person. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, I am going to have to say being at the United States Women's Disc Golf Championships mm-hmm. every year, that is the thing I look forward to the most. Um, I love seeing all my friends, especially the ones that I only get to see once a year at this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, the camaraderie of the event. There's just so many women there. It's, it's awesome to be a part of it. That's great. I want to swing back real quick to uh, you mentioned earlier having kids right and and how that that changes things and it's a question that we actually get a lot from uh, different women who play that are moms about how you balance having kids how you find time to play when you have kids so can you speak a little bit to that absolutely um this is a really important thing I think for a lot of moms out there there is a lot of guilt at least for me that comes with leaving to go play disc golf. Um, But it's so important as a human being just to have your time too. So um, however you do it, make time to go play. Um, I get to go out once, twice, three times, if I'm really lucky a week to go play. Um, But it's just so important for your soul to be able to go out and have your time. So Whether you feel guilty or not, once you get out to the course, it'll definitely make you feel better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's really good. So with that, you're not just an organizer, you're also a player. So what are are some of your favorite discs to throw right now? Ooh, well, uh, as of just a few days ago, one of my local league girls gave me a 150 Star Mamba to Mm. try. Oh my gosh, that thing is amazing. I can't believe I haven't thrown it yet. <laughs> so um, right now, this week, that's my one of my favorite discs. Um, my all-time favorite mid-range is the, the Star Wombat 3. That disc, I cannot tell you, every time I go to a tournament and throw it, or at leagues and throw it, somebody is always asking me, what is that? This is the greatest thing I have ever thrown. <laughs> I am so in love with that thing. It glides forever. And what do you put with? Uh, our Pro AVRs. Cool, cool. Very good. Very popular. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so as we continue to grow, what are your hopes for women's disc golf or just disc golf in general? What would you like to see either continue to happen or happen in the future? Uh, well, I definitely want to see more and more women coming out to play. 
Um, I would absolutely love to see all women's tournaments or any tournament in general really getting some some bigger sponsorships um, from really big companies out there. I think where the sport is going so fast is great. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we just need to have more money given away to the professionals because they work so hard out there on tour. That is good. I definitely agree. Well, Aaron, thank you so much again for taking some time to speak with me. And thank you so much for everything that you do for the sport. It's it's really exciting uh, just to see all the growth that you've you've had a big part in. And that's really cool. So do you have any shout outs, anything else you'd like our listeners to know about? Um, yeah, get more women to play. <laughs> get the women out on the course, get them out there with other women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely game changing when you're out there playing with other girls. Awesome. And where can uh, people find out more information about the Midwest Women's Tour and the Michigan Women's Series? Uh, on Facebook, there's a group for both of them, the Michigan Women's Series, and then there's a dash MWS. So if you just search MWS, uh, you should be able to pull that up. And as well for the Midwest Women's Disc Golf Tour on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And yeah, best of luck in all your endeavors this season with, with the tour and playing as, as we move on here. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you, as always, to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. New customers can use the code GUITAR at checkout for a discount. Have a great week. We'll catch you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Okay.